Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. So I have an update to Gym Girl. To what? To Gym Girl. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. (laughs) So... (laughs) If you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to have to scoot back a few episodes. I can't remember which one it was on, but Abby let us know part one of Gym Girl, where Abby was her very typical awkward self, and we're about to find out if it paid off or not. Well, before I tell you if it paid off or not, I have to tell you that perhaps I should like ask my family and friends how to go about some of this shit before I just do it myself. So. I was obviously the day it happened questioning how I went about it because I panicked and told you about it on the podcast. But then that same night, my father-in-law and mother-in-law have been teaching Jared and I how to play pitch. And so we've been playing cards like at least once a week. And so Jared's like, well, first of all, I told him and he just lost it. <laughs> Cackling laughter. Uh-huh. We're not helping the situation. He's like, you should pull them like, because they're the kind of people that would introduce themselves. And he's like, well, how would they have gone about it? So I got their opinion. And then I told them how I did it. And they're like, I have a key. <laughs> <laughs> so my father-in-law has been rooting for me but like he was sitting next to me when I was telling him and he like put his hand on my knee and he's like it's okay (laughs) okay (laughs) so I panicked because it's Tuesday when we're recording this I saw her Friday at the gym and I got there first because I was scared (laughs) I was like I don't want to interact. Well, I mean, if we interact, great. But if we don't, whatever. So I got there early. I can't remember what else I had going on Friday, but I knew I needed to get in there and out of there. And so I like went further down. And then I saw her when I was leaving and she had taken the very first treadmill, like literally so far away from me at the gym. And I was like, fuck, fuck. (laughs) 
She's avoiding me. Fuck. She had to have seen me. She's avoiding me. And I thought that for days. For days. Oh, so you did not say anything. Did she see you leave? Uh Uh-uh. I don't think she saw me leave. I snuck out of there because I was too chicken to bring anything back up. So I just was like, okay, if she's avoiding me, then I'm just going to like, it's fine. I'm just going to avoid her and it'll be whatever. (laughs) Well, then out of the blue yesterday, I get a text (laughs) from her. I won't say her name or what she does because God forbid if she ever listens to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But she's like... Hey, like, I'm just following up with you on your note. Like, my name's so-and-so. This is what I do for a living. We should totally grab coffee. And, like, I was like, oh, my God. Why did that work out? Because I am so awkward. So when are you going for coffee? In a couple weeks. I gave her a couple... I gave her a couple days that I was available. And she's like, either of those work for me. Just pick and let's go. So... I don't know why it worked out. I guess perhaps my genuineness came through despite how awkward all of it was. Well, and I honestly think that that's what worked in your favor. I think like taking the advice of your in-laws, while good advice for non-awkward people, that is just not the era that we live in anymore. People are uncomfortable talking to other people and people have their own hangups and assumptions and judgments and whatever. And so like leaning in, I'm just a big fan of calling out the elephant in the room and humbling myself immediately. And you did that. (laughs) So I think that leading with that was it could have worked in your favor. Yeah. So we'll see. It's hard to say if we're going to have anything in common. I'm Mm -hmm. more nervous about that at this point, but I did it. And you it did it. I'm it proud of you for following through. I'm proud of you for going back to the gym, even though you avoided her on Friday. And I'm excited that she texts you. And I can't wait to hear how coffee goes. Apparently, this is how friendships are made now. <laughs> well, my father-in-law, he was like, well, now this will just be a really fun memory that you both share. <laughs> I was like, oh, yay. I'm so uh-huh. glad. I mean, I have a similar memory and now this person is one of my really good friends. So, you know, I also don't make friends very well and I keep to myself and I'm not the person to go introduce myself or make small talk or anything. Well, my husband plays softball with like a bunch of other guys he has for years and he's always, always begged me to go to some of his games. And I just don't care about softball and cheering you on or watching and sitting on a cold bleacher and eating expensive ballpark food. It's just not my thing. Well, I went in support a few years ago. Well, this is probably like five years ago at this point. And it was a cold game. I'm bundled up. I'm sitting there on a bench, probably with a thermos of hot chocolate and Bailey's trying to just ignore the fact that I have to sit here for like four more hours and pretend like I care about what he's doing. So this girl comes up to me and she introduces herself and her husband also plays on the team. And she's like, I saw you sitting over here in your cold and I'm going to force you to be my friend. And that person was Jess, who you know. And she made me talk to her the entire time we were there. And she was like, how long have you guys been together? What's going on? Do you like coming to these games? I hate coming to these games. Like, what do you do? What do you like? What do you want to do instead? And she just literally stopped, did not stop talking to me the entire time. And now she's one of my great, great friends. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. You know, I've tried to make friends in my area and I've been challenged with pretty much everybody my age has children. And so like, 
it, well, that's hard. And the same thing with how we talk to y'all about like, you have to find the connector to be kind of introduced to a new circle of people for business or for connection. The literal same thing is with friendships. So when we moved back here, I didn't really have a lot of close connections that I used to have. And so Jess was my connector. Like she is the person who knows everyone, like loves connecting people, has a really, really big group of girlfriends that she's known for a long time. And she basically forced me to start joining their like book club or their wine night or like hanging out for whatever. And I turned her down so many times and I flat out said, you don't need to keep inviting me to these things. These are your friend group. Like I don't need to come to that. It's okay. Like I love the invitation, but like don't feel obligated. And she was like, that's literally not what I'm doing. I'm making you a part of this friend group. You are now a part of this friend group. And I am like, I know some of those people who she's introduced me to some even like on a different level than I know Jess and we will text on our own or I'll see one of the women from that group on my own. And I think it's so cool how a connector can make that happen for friendship. Yeah, we'll see whether it's this girl. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. (laughs) I don't know. You're not convinced. I have a little more faith that my esthetician may be that person for me. I just need to like, we text pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need to like, get to the, the problem with all my people, like out. my massage therapist and my esthetician are both like 25 years old. And I'm like, what you all are so young. <laughs> no, my esthetician is more my same age. So I think that's in our favor. But she's still dating. She was in a very serious relationship and broke it off last year. And so she's like in a newer relationship. And I'm like, I've almost been married for 10 years. And so (laughs) I just, I feel like while we have a lot in common, because she's like running a business and all of this stuff, it's still just like early dating is just like, I know, but I feel like that could work in your favor because, so I have a friend who's also married and has been married for a long time. And she's gotten really close to someone who she works with, who's a little bit younger, is dating someone, but like not married. And it's like, maybe they're not going to end up together kind of situation. And like that person is just like always available to hang out. And so that's also a like errand buddy and whatever. I need to, yeah, I don't know. We need to like start doing things besides like going to coffee. I think we just need to be like, come hang out. Cause I know I just like having an errand buddy. Like, yeah. Go with me to this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go to, you can do it. I believe in you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bad at this. I've lived here for three years, whatever. Determined to break in to a new circle. How it'll happen. I don't know, but We're changing the subject and talking about things I'm much more confident in. Yes, it is time for what the Fringe Shows is going on at Boss Project headquarters. And we would love, love, love to introduce you and talk you through a recent project that we just wrapped that was incredible. And if you see yourself in finding some similar needs in your own business, we would love to chat. Yeah. So one of my favorite things that we've been able to do is we can come into an industry we're less familiar with and we immerse ourselves in that industry. We do a ton of research. We know and understand what they're focused on and the kinds of things that they're doing. And we really work to make sure we know and understand 
who they are and what they're after. And so we had someone in the emergency management field, which I feel like maybe we did touch on her in a previous call. But if you haven't heard that bit before, just to share a little bit more about it, one of the things I really loved about where she was coming from, and she is super process oriented. It was really important to her that she was educating on this area because for her specific background, a lot of people coming to her, it's from a lack of knowledge. Like they're relying on her as the expert. And so she wants to be an educator, but that can also be a challenge when you're selling some Thing to someone who is less familiar with what you do, they don't always even see it as a need. And so one of the things we really focused on heavily was really making sure that we were pointing out the pain points that would be going on in someone's business that would illustrate to them that this is a need and this is something they need to be focused on. And we also gave a couple of avenues for jumping in. So perhaps rather than them just identifying that they need to create some sort of proactive plan, we noticed that a lot of her potential clients could likely have just come out of a crisis and that they needed to now retroactively review what did happen, debrief from that situation, and now use this as an opportunity to prepare for the future. And so we built a couple of different avenues that someone could come into this and really spoke more to the problems and how our client could show up as the hero in this situation. And so if you are in a field that you feel like you're facing an uphill battle that people don't always see it as a need... I'd love to have a conversation with you about how we could set you up as a more obvious choice for someone and how can we utilize copy and the UX design? How does someone flow through your site so that they can feel really taken on a journey where you are pointing them to the next step in the process? I'd love to have a conversation. So you can reach out to us at bossproject.com slash waitlist. Get a time with me. I'd love to chat about your specific industry and the challenges you're facing with communication. And we can chat and see if a web project is right for you. Amazing. Well, thanks for that update on Boss Project Headquarters. Today, we're going to be chatting all about the difference between one-time projects or retainer projects for clients and how you can kind of determine which one is right for you. I think there are a lot of different filters that you can kind of run through your decision-making process to decide when, in which season, or based on what need you have in your current business. Does it make sense for you to explore one over the other or having a hybrid of the two? So if you had to pick, I'm going to make you pick right now, if you had to pick one type of project forever and you could never do any other type of project, would you pick one time or retainer? If I had to be forced into the to be... I would pick retainer. Retainer. But only because I'm so focused on finances. And for me, it's a financial decision to make that choice. Yeah. I would pick one time, 100% for the creative play that gets to happen in one-time projects. But I love the financial aspect of retainer projects. Oh, 100%. And so let's talk about both the financial upsides and challenges, but also the why you might choose one route or the other. I think the thing that I find perhaps the most interesting is that people get pretty stuck in their head that 
they have to be one way or the other based on the industry they're in and that the industry is dictating if they have to choose a one-time project or an ongoing. And I would like to think that there's creative ways to do both for pretty much in any industry. Okay, we had to have Abby go wrangle some dogs because all I could hear in the background were beagles barking. And so I think we're back now. I think they're maybe taken care of. So <laughs> apologies for background beagle chorus that happened back there. But they were just saying hi. They just want to say they love you and that work from home always presents its own set of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> they were giving their own votes on one-time projects or retainers. <laughs> I think they would pick retainers too. I think they would pick retainers too because they want the treat that keeps on giving. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is what a retainer lovely. kind of serves for you. So right. I think for me, this conversation kind of came into play. And I know this sounds like dumb, like <laughs> saying it because it sounds so obvious when you're like actually thinking about it. But I didn't know that I would have a preference on how money came into the business until it was like happening. And I felt uncomfy about some of the ways in which we were making money and then it would dip back down and then we would make more money and then it would dip back down. And we learned this about ourselves. And luckily we were on the same page many years ago when we were not doing as much services as we are now, but we were doing a lot of, you know, one to many sales. So courses, webinars, workshops, et cetera. And we were following the launch model where we would have a workshop or a webinar and we would sell something. And then we would kind of go quiet and just push out content and then need a boost in income. So we would have another launch and sell something and then it would go quiet. And so our sales and our revenue looked like that, like high, high peaks that felt great, followed by really, really low months that in the grand scheme of things were fine because we had the high peak that we could use to carry us over but it didn't feel fine. And I think that was my first lesson in business that it's absolutely okay to make decisions on how you package your offers, how you price things, how you sell things, how you invoice and bill that literally choosing them based on how you want to feel within your company. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. 
With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah. So I think the most obvious way to choose is based on the kind of problem that your clients are facing. But I think the element that Emily's bringing up here is like, kind of regardless, yeah, you need to address how you feel with yeah. how things are coming in. So here's a filter that you can give yourself on which one bothers you. If you were the type of person who does mostly one-time projects, so you see a peak of revenue and income, followed by a valley. And if you tell yourself that you didn't make any money last month or your business isn't making money and that stresses you out because you like can't wrap your brain around how that peak has to be carried through over through the valleys, then we need to entertain a retainer option and get some recurring revenue built in to increase your base to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. I think the challenge that's presented, though, is that retainers typically, it is maybe a similar contracted value as a one-time project, but it's split over such a longer period of time. Yep. Sometimes indefinitely. Sometimes indefinitely that you are faced with the challenge of, I would have to build so many more clients to hit the income numbers I want. Well, I think that's the crux too of how do you want to run business? Do you want to be, neither of these are bad, just because I'm using the word constantly doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Do you constantly want to be focused on refilling the bucket with new projects? Or do you want to be constantly focused on maintaining the relationships and clients that you currently have while also knowing that there's still going to be an aspect of refilling a bucket because people will leave or it's still a situation of churn that there's going to be some fallout and that you're going to have to refill it. It's just once you hit your base, you may not need to refill as fast. Typically though, 
I'm not always looking at it from that situation. When I'm looking at someone else and like giving advice on should you do a one-time project or retainer, my question is always, if you look at your ideal client, are they facing a one-time problem or an ongoing problem? And can you consistently show up delivering the same thing over and over again to solve a reoccurring problem? Or is this better faced with solving an issue that has one solution and thus a one-time project where you're buttoning something up and maybe they have an evolution of things they're facing where there's multiple one-time projects you could tackle, but once you've solved it, it is solved. Yeah. Because you don't want to artificially be creating problems just for the sake of revenue either. Well, and I think that that's also sometimes a hard place for service providers to think about how they could offer multiple solutions when it's just them and maybe like one part-time employee or one contractor. We're lucky in the sense that, you know, we have a team of seven. So there are multiple aspects of a project that we could solve. Some members of our team could come in and solve a client's problem. And Abby and I don't need to be a part of that solution at all. Like we can project manage. We can like chat with the client, but we don't have to actually do any of the deliverables. And then there are clients we have where all seven members of our team, plus some contractors are going to be working on that project because it's just a lot beefier. And so you also have to kind of gauge realistically, what can you offer if it is just you or a much smaller team? Yeah, I think that's an important crux to identify. But like one lever you pulled really early on in business that increased the average order value of your clients, it didn't necessarily change that you were doing one-time projects still and not retainers, but you were getting more money out of it, is you found someone who you could basically white label their services. It was me, by the way. She found me and added my services to your package offering for your clients. And so, you know, what went from, you know, maybe a $8,000 project all of a sudden was a 10, 12, $15,000 project just because we were all of a sudden able to offer more things to the same person. Now, I think one of the interesting things to look at here is okay, say you choose to solve an ongoing problem with a retainer and you like the idea of the financial aspect of it being ongoing. But a challenge you may face is if the problem is not urgent or important enough, your churn issue may not be worth solving. Like, is the thing you're offering sticky enough and like problematic enough that they don't want to handle it themselves or take it in house or dial it down for a season? There's the conversation around, are you offering a value service or a commodity service? And you kind of have to look at, depending on the market, your client, your actual offer, your price point, all of those things. And you're going to have to weigh what type of offer you actually have. Neither are bad. One is a little bit more sustainable than the other and a little bit more, it can carry you through unpredictable markets. The other one might be if it's too commodity, then it's a nice to have. It's a, when we have the budget, we can add that on, or it's the first thing that gets cut when budgets are cut or times are a little bit tighter. And so if you're having that type of offer, I think it's important still to 
have a hybrid model where you have one-time projects as well that can help carry you through those times. I do think hybrid makes sense for more people than entertain it. I agree. I think there are more retainer services that are available to you than you guys think. I think most people sit in the one-time project camp for a really long time and don't entertain what it could look like for a couple of those clients having just a recurring invoice every single month where they do similar tasks for them every single month. Yeah, because there's certain clients that are going to be easier to maintain. Like you also can evolve based on who you are working with. Like I would be remiss to say that there weren't times in our business where we came up with a service based on a client that existed instead of, oh, I have this service and I'm going to go find the client. So what does this very specific person that already likes me need that I can do for them? That's already in my wheelhouse. We're not like inventing a new skill set. No, yeah. We're not like going back to get a master's degree to take care of someone. It's like, what is tangibly like just within reach that can help mitigate something long-term. But, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, you're faced with the challenge of like, okay, if in an economic downturn, it's easier to run a hybrid business where I'm doing a little bit of both, it's also more to maintain internally because your processes are going to be completely different for one-time projects versus retainer clients. And what does your capacity look like if you're doing a mix of both? How are you handling both? How do you know when you're full or not? And like, how is it all going to shake out? I mean, it's easy to say it, it makes sense financially, but systematically, I think there's a whole slew of processes and, and reporting that you need to be aware of and look at. You'll begin to understand things like your drop off rate, your churn rate, even in services like done for you services, there is still a churn rate and understanding when you have months where, you know, are a little bit higher and you're signing up new clients or you have slower months where Maybe people are not renewing or things are just a little bit less quantity of clients during those times. And you won't begin to get that data until you do it for longer, like six months and then a year and then over a year plus. And so sometimes it can take a little bit to shake out all the finer details that are actually going to make that process work best for you. I think another thing that I think is important to think about when you're exploring retainer or recurring services is typically the type of services that are easier to retain are a lot of doer or implementer type tasks. So if that's not the type of work that you enjoy doing and or you do not have someone on your team to do those things for the client, you might feel a little bit of resentment for those type of projects until you get some support in place. But the upside, like for every con, there's a pro. The upside of that is you can start to see a very clear tipping point where it makes sense for you to hire more doers. You have this many recurring clients. They require this many hours. You're tapped out. Well, the second you hire another designer or a copywriter or an SEO specialist or whatever it might be, can that person take on five more clients, 10 more clients, 15 more clients? So then you can go out and build the relationships and land them and knowing that you have the support behind the scenes to back it up. Yeah. You know, I would love to see, it's easy to look at this in a bubble. What makes sense for me today? What makes sense for myself 
But I also like pointing out what makes sense for your future self and the longevity you're after. Like, well, that's the conversation we've been having the past six or eight months. And so it's like, okay, even if current self enjoys the creative challenge of doing a one-time project and like doing something perhaps a bit bigger that takes multiple months to implement and all of those things, it also is so dependent on the skill set of the internal team. And so like, in terms of building a business for the long term, or potentially even for the sale, you developing a service that is less reliant on individuals and more reliant on process and trainable process. Yep. Going through the process of productizing your service. Yeah, that allows for scale and also for you to potentially remove yourself from it long term. You know, you can sell things at typically a much higher price point when you add unique skill set to the mix, when you add consultant level kind of services to what you're offering. But if your goal is to sell the business and you're not going with it, like what are you trying to build towards or build for? And I think you have to constantly be reevaluating these things. It's easy to say this is what makes sense today, but I don't always think it makes sense to marry yourself to that product mix forever. And the opposite is true. You can change your mind too often and then other people will not look at you as a serious option because they feel like you're a little bit all over the place and they never can really tell what you're an expert in. Which is why I advise not changing up your website every two seconds when you have a new idea of what you could serve people and instead just being mindful of what that client says their needs are. And if you need to build a new package behind the scenes, great, serve them and see if that's worth exploring before you shift the branding, the messaging, the copy, whatever on your website to reflect that new project. I think doing beta projects and behind the scenes work Get paid to know how you want to run your business and what you want to offer. It's my favorite (laughs) hack. It's like (laughs) way undervalued. Yes. I know you guys would love for it to all just make sense from the surface. And And you know what you're offering and you're going to offer it forever and it's going to be great. (laughs) Guys, but sometimes you just got to do the quick and dirty option, which I know is like counterintuitive to a lot of you. Cause you're like, I want it to look a certain way. I want it to feel a certain way. I want it to be buttoned up a certain way. And I'm like, don't spend so much time imagining how this is going to go until you have a real person to put through this thing and identify the holes. Yep. We've kind of talked about it a little bit here where we've talked about our goals for not just 2023, but kind of future focused goals. And for the first time in a really long time, we sat down last year to really look ahead at not like what Abby's saying, not just what works for us right now or for this year with our current team, but what do we want the company to look like in three years and five years and 10 years when we feel like being done or when we want to do something different or we want to explore outside things, when we want to scale back our hours within this company so that we can start something new and do a little bit of creative energy with one-time projects. How could we get there? What does that need to look like? And for us, because it could look differently for you, 
For us, it was 100% leaning into the recurring retainer business model. Through and through, period, no more one-time projects, eventually. That's not what we're doing right now. That's not what we're doing right now. But it's what we are slowly building so that a couple years from now, like, because this is a long-term game plan that we have into in place, we're going to wake up a year from now, 18 months, 24 months from now, and have a completely different foundation of a business that's going to serve us in a completely different way in our new phase of life with our new goals, with the things that we just want our business to give us differently. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. And there isn't a right or wrong. Like all of this can shake out in a different way. Perhaps you're not as intimidated by you being, and I'm not intimidated by it. Let me be clear. I'm not intimidated by being the product in a lot of scenarios, but I am tired of being the product in a lot of scenarios. And so you can absolutely be the person who leverages yourself as the expert and make all that money today, invest it well, and then not worry about the future as much because you're chucking it away and saving. But like for us, part of it is a retirement plan of like, okay, 10 to 15 years from now, if we were to offload the business, what do we need to do today to set our future self up for the success that we want in the sale? And those are different decisions. And so I can still make short-sighted decisions. I can make a decision that affects 30 days from now or 90 days from now, but that doesn't mean I'm not also thinking about 10 years from now. Yep. And sometimes you got to make both at the same time. And that's what we're doing, right? And we're planting the seeds of what eventually is going to grow into something bigger. And I think it's stretching us and challenging us both in different ways in the sense of like, I wouldn't be surprised if the thing that we're working on stays behind the scenes for way longer than either of us expect it to so that we can shape it to be what we absolutely know it's going to be and how it can serve us in the future. This isn't to say that we don't already have clients in this thing, because we do, but it's to say that it's public unveiling, it's launching, so to speak, it's publicly working out all the kinks and putting people through it. Isn't There's no date for that right now. And so we are getting paid, this is my hack, right? Getting paid to learn how we want the system to be set up, how we want to serve clients, what the processes need to be, what are the actual formulas of making it scalable and sustainable. And we're doing that within our internal team while taking on one-time projects and retainers for services that are public facing so that when we're ready to kind of more flip the script, there's something there to catch us. And I'm excited about what that looks like because it's so much more long-term. And in a lot of ways, it's building a different base because when you have a hybrid model where you have a product mix that's varied, the only way it's been, for me, comfortable to hire is that we build enough of a base that we have enough covered to handle internal operating expenses. And there's a new goal on top of a base that allows us for growth and profit and all of those other things. But having a mix where part of the month is 
it, we're not starting over from scratch all the time. I just don't think we would have been able to build the team we have today without having a significant portion of our income that's anticipated in advance. Absolutely. I don't think either one of us would have been comfortable doing that without that security. And it's not to say you couldn't have one-time projects that stack or like people that are paying to work with you two or three months down the line. There are still ways to make one-time projects create that kind of base or atmosphere. But our business has evolved from a different standpoint. Like we've always had a mix of service, digital, and kind of course coaching education, that kind of thing. And so our product mix is different than some of our clients. Some of our clients are 100% retainers. Some of our clients are 100% one-time projects. Some of our clients are more like us where they have a mix of offers and some of them are one-on-one and some of them aren't. But you have to identify what route is going to make you comfortable, confident, and ready to move forward. And Take all of the things we've said today in mind. Look at the problems you're facing with your clients. Who do you currently have in your circle and how do you want to show up for them? And what does your future self want for you and your company? And it's okay that this continues to evolve over time. And I'm excited to see what you come up with. I'd love to hear how you're uniquely presenting your offer. Feel free to DM us over on Instagram and share what's working for you or what challenges you're presented with. We love hearing unique ways you guys are offering your services and would love to hear your take. We're over there on Instagram at Boss Project. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy-to-customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.